What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Angle of Pursuit podcast, your fantasy foot, your fantasy football and sports betting home over at FakePigskin.com. I'm your host, Kyle Robert. You can follow me on Twitter at NotoriousKRO. With me once again is Brian Twining. What's up, Brian? What's going on, Kyle? I'm so glad that we're finally here on that most wondrous day of Super Bowl Sunday to spend plenty of money on useless bets. No such thing, sir. Sir. There's no such thing as a useless bet. Uh, I can't believe we made it. I remember July, August, we were talking and uh, got the ball rolling, and, and we were talking about how of our excitement for the season and what we thought may happen and you know, this, that, and the third. And, and now we're at the end. We're at the finish line. And, um, you know, it's kind of bittersweet because it's exciting that we made it and exciting because the Super Bowl is always, a, you know, typically a blast. And uh, even when the game's not the greatest, there's ways to keep it interesting. Um, but yeah, but it also means that another season's in the books. So the season has come to a conclusion, uh, but we still have plenty of stuff to talk about. Obviously we, we will dive into prepping for 2020 and talking about some of our favorite players, some of our favorite things, figuring out what's going on. We'll also, uh, talk March madness and college basketball. I'll be talking the masters. We'll, we'll find plenty of content to, to dive into and, and, keep us busy between now and June. But uh, Brian, before we dive in, before we're going to obviously talk uh, our thoughts on the Super Bowl, our our thoughts on the big game, uh, we're going to go through our favorite props. We're going to give you some ideas of stuff you could be targeting. But um, I wanted to take a minute and obviously everybody's been kind of talking about what the news that came out on Sunday. And uh, that's the unfortunate passing of of Kobe Bryant, his uh, his daughter, and all the families that were on that helicopter, which is uh, horrible. But I don't know about you, but like I feel like this one hit me pretty hard. Um, I, I didn't obviously, you know, he's forty-one. Nobody expects him to uh, to to pass away, and and for it to kind of happen the way it did. And obviously, the TMZ news was was kind of you know even his family didn't know at that point. Um, but I guess uh, from you, you know, I, I feel like we're we're about the same age and and kind of grew up watching Kobe. Was it was it kind of jarring for you? Was it you know how, how what was your I guess your first reaction when you when you heard the news? Man, it was <clears throat> at first like like many people, it was more disbelief than anything because I was I actually had a friend over and we were watching. It was like Michigan State versus Minnesota or something like that, college basketball, and I was just scrolling Twitter and I had scrolled past a TMZ report that they had posted 56 seconds prior to me seeing it. And it said that Kobe Bryant had died in a helicopter crash. And I showed my friend and the first thing out of his mouth was no way that's total bullshit. And like, you know, that was kind of what we first thought. And then, you know, you start looking, you're starting to see the LA County Sheriff's office confirming reports of a helicopter down and then you're starting mm-hmm. to see other people saying like Kobe's believed to be on this. And then it like, it went from disbelief to Holy crap. Like did this really just happen? And then constantly changing the channel at dip every single sports station I kept going to, to see who was reporting this and nobody yeah. was talking about it yet. And then right. finally we go to Fox news and they're sitting there talking about it. And then you get confirmation and you know, it, I was be, being that you and I are the same age, like, you know, we saw we saw the entirety of Kobe's career. And I was trying to explain to somebody who wasn't a sports fan 
who was asking like why people are so distraught and why it hit mm-hmm. home for everybody. And I think it for, for fanatics like us that, you know, we watch sports on a nightly basis. It's almost as if these people become part of your family because they're on your TV and they're in your living mm-hmm. room every day. And I mean, even for me, like, like growing up, like we saw, like you mentioned, like we've, we saw him from, like, I remember hearing stories about this kid in high school in Pennsylvania, that was going to be the next great star. And then he's the guy that's announcing he's going to go straight to the NBA. And then mm-hmm. he's, you know, going to the Los Angeles Lakers. And it's like, we, and we, and we rode that whole like series of events from all the way until, you know, he tears his Achilles until that amazing night against the Utah jazz in his final game. And, um, you know, just like we, we saw the entirety of career and, you know, like, uh, like you mentioned, like we're, you know, we is it, seeing it, and kind of being old enough to know when, when he starts his career, but being able to see it all the way to the end and kind of being able to watch it all play out. You feel like you watched him grow up. You you're, you know, even without knowing him, you'd feel like you know him and you know all about his family. Yeah. And you know, obviously um, all the events that happened in his life and even the bad ones, but um, you know, you, you were a part of all of it and he was part of our, you know, sports consciousness during our whole basic lives. And it's just, it's just wild. Yeah. It, I mean, even for me, like I, I, I've always been kind of a Laker hater mm-hmm. li- living in San Diego as a Knicks fan, like Dude, I'm a, just being around all I'm a Sacramento Kings. Fan. Yeah. You're like, I grew up hating yeah, the I, Lakers, but I always yep. had an appreciation for Kobe Bryant. And like, it, as much as it sucked, he would rip our hearts out in all these big playoff games <laughs> in the Western Conference Finals. And, you know, it, it, there's there's a level of appreciation you get to you garner for, for some of these players. Yeah. I mean, as a Titans fan, we, we had some tough battles with Peyton Manning. He's very much the same way. Um, I, I had a little more hostility that way, but I grew up in, and grew to appreciate <laughs> his greatness. Um, and, but yeah, I, I just, it, it was, it was disbelief, but, um, there was always an appreciation for his game and for how hard he worked. And, you know, when you thought, oh, he can't do it again, he's carrying Smush Parker and Kwame Brown to Western conference finals and, um, doing all this stuff that, that nobody would ever expect. Yeah. I mean, it. Like I was saying, I mean, you know, I I couldn't stand Kobe as just a fan of basketball, but that was more so of my he mm. was so good and I I appreciated how good he was that it was just like not this MF or <laughs> again, like can you just stop beating us already? And yeah, so I mean, it was it it really brings up like when stuff like this happens, it, it kind of makes mm-hmm. people like reminisce memories of previous mm-hmm. lost family members or like relationships that we haven't really been the best with and stuff. Just like I saw on Twitter, like Kendrick Perkins forgiving yep. uh, Kevin Durant. And, you know, you're just seeing things where it's really broadening people's like horizons. Like, Hey, this could yep. literally happen to anybody. And this guy had the whole world in front of him and he was turned yep. the corner as far as a person and all of his demons are mm-hmm. in the past. The guy's like a great dad, which I think 
I wanted to touch on this on the video that somebody posted of him watching the Eagles win the Super Bowl and being able to see like a superstar like that in a moment that is exactly the way that we react as regular people and regular fans. Like I appreciated that video so much and it just makes you like the guy even more and feel even worse that we just lost this 41 year old, you know, and his 13 year old daughter to such a horrific accident. Yeah. And I think that like, I think the reason why I think it's affecting so many people is not only the people that, you know, knew and loved Kobe as a basketball player, but you know, the, the fact that his daughter was on that plane, the fact that there was other families, like, you know, there's lots of dads that are posting selfies or pictures with their daughters, you know, and the hashtag girl dad was, was, was going crazy on Twitter and on Instagram and people like they can, they can empathize with that, right. They have a relationship with somebody in their life, you know, and, and we're not fathers yet, but I I think we will both be there eventually. And um, just to think about like taking your kids to games or doing different things and, um, not being able to do that anymore and like could you i don't i don't know like one of the the they were interviewing one of the dads and and his wife was on the plane and like how do you tell your kids that mom's not coming home and like yeah. it's just it's something that i think <clears throat> you know beyond sports hits home with a lot of people and you know you really have to appreciate you know the moments and and everything and you know we we kind of get on here every week and we we get upset at players who don't perform well or you know get and, and we're so focused on on this little thing, and it really gives you appreciation of of the bigger picture. But you know, being able to have athletes and having a way to escape, I think, also you know helps get through things like this and help move on and move forward because you're able to, even if it's just for a couple hours, dive into a basketball game, dive into a football game, and um, just kind of go away for a while and then come back to reality and and kind of do your thing, but. Um, yeah, it was just, it's just something like that's been sitting with me all week. And I just, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Like I'm still processing, um, the, the loss of an icon. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things. Uh, so basically like my Sunday wound up being me sitting on the couch for mm-hmm. the entire day, just watching news and reports on it. Cause yeah. it was just, you know, it, there was nothing like your your brain could, could literally could not understand no. why or how or mm-hmm. why why this guy and these kids and mm-hmm. you know and you're trying to understand like why is this affecting me the way that it is when you 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 have no personal relationship with this individual and yeah it, it's just crazy mm-hmm. and it, it but it really shows you like for me I, so, something I've kind of lived by is like how sports can be that ultimate unifier Mm -hmm. above everything else. I mean, you see all of the different people, all the different walks of life going to the Mm -hmm. Staples center and grieving over the loss of this guy because he played basketball because he was a sports figure. Yeah. And it, you know, if people would treat it more like this all the time, we'd probably see less people fighting in the stands and stuff like that. And just appreciate your opponent rather than, you know, taking stuff personally. It's, it's just a it's a difficult situation that people can hopefully try and learn to appreciate life better and you know just take take some learn like learn in a good manner from this horrible accident that happened. Yeah, yeah. 
And it's really, I've been listening to a lot of, a lot of podcasts as, as much as I can get my hands on. Cause it's really interesting to hear different people's kind of experiences with Kobe and, you know, but people, people like I listened to, you know, Bill, Bill Simmons, Jay Adonde did one and, you know, Adonde covered that whole Lakers run and he knows he had such a good rapport with Kobe and, um, to kind of be able to hear some behind the scenes stuff, some stuff that you never heard, some stories that, you know, he's texting writers saying, you know, I want, like he's texting Zach Lowe saying, I want to, I want any more NBA coverage like this, or he's, you know, he's, he's making sure that the story that's being told is, is the, is the correct one. And he's, you know, going out of his way and he was appreciative, um, of, of good, you know, storytelling. And he wanted to make sure that the story was done right. And, um, it, it is interesting. And I think mm-hmm. my biggest takeaway is, you know, kind of like you mentioned, uh, the different people that he, he had an effect on. And, you know, Jay was saying that, you know, people from Orange County and people from LA were both at the Staples Center. And those people, even though they're close to each other in terms of distance, uh, are very different people and, and come from different walks of life. And the fact that we can all come together and, and be appreciative of, of this guy and, and, and kind of what he did is it says a lot about him as a person. And, um, you know, even like, you know, he, he, he did some stuff when he was younger that, that was really questionable. And, but I think he learned from that and the fact that he was able to move past it and kind of leave this, um, a good, good taste in everybody's mouth about kind of where he became a person, um, I think says a lot about him and, and kind of where he was headed as, uh, the next phase of his life. Yeah. For, I mean, he, he was mm-hmm. becoming the next great mogul in America. Like he, he won a freaking he Oscar. was becoming Jordan. Yeah. Multiply. All right, Brian. Well, let's do what we came here to do. Let's, let's talk some Super Bowl. Let's talk, uh, some prop bets. Let's talk, uh, some fun stuff. Cause, uh, you know, that's, that's what we need to do. So, um, I guess, you know, we kind of, we kind of talked a little bit, um, on our last show about kind of our initial feelings about the game and kind of where we saw it going. So, uh, the line hasn't moved much, so we're going to use DraftKings Sportsbook um, for some of these props. So if you want to follow along, you can uh, check that out. But um, Niners are one and a half point underdogs. Uh, totals at fifty four and a half. Um, you know, money. It's it's a pretty pretty tight game. I think you know they there there's not a whole lot of uh, you know advantage one way or the other. Um, are you still are you still leaning heavily uh, towards the Chiefs? I still do like the Chiefs, yes. I just think that that that, that extra week of preparation mm-hmm. for Andy Reid and the knowledge of we cannot play as sloppy as we've done the last two games against this team. Yeah. We're going to really see the Chiefs come out firing on all cylinders on offense. And even against the tremendous 49ers defense, if the 49ers are hitting – I mean, if the Chiefs are hitting – I don't think anybody in the NFL can stop them. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting because you know Andy Reid off a of bye is so impactful, uh, but this is also Kyle Shanahan's second Super Bowl. He learned a lot from that twenty eight to three blown game against New England, <laughs> um, and you know it'll be interesting to see what he learned, what he can take away, and um, you know how he better preps his team for this game because I think it says a lot about him and kind of be able to kind of get overcome that get to a point where he's now running the show. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really curious because the chiefs are going to have four receivers that are track stars and the Niners secondary has been awesome all year. And their, their pass rush has been incredible, 
Um, but they're a zone team. They're they're not guys that are going to turn and run and sprint. And you know, uh, Sherman Richard Sherman, as good as he is, is really smart. Speed and and quickness isn't there as much anymore. And, and on the other side, between whether it's whether it's C.J. Mosley or um, you know Kella Witherspoon or or whoever Jokowski Tart, like they're going to have uh, their hands full with with these athletes, with these receivers and Michael Hardman and Sammy Watkins and Tyree kill. And, um, you know, it's really interesting. So I guess, uh, from your perspective, if we're starting to think about the game, you obviously you like the chiefs, um, kind of, how do you think this game breaks down? Do you think it's a high scoring up and down game? Like we saw Niners, uh, play. No, what, where, where's your head at, uh, for this matchup? So, like, in a game like this, because you do see, like, they're two contrasting styles, right? Kansas City is all about their offense. They're quick strike. They're going to get you on these big chunk plays, whereas the 49ers on defense are, they're kind of smash mouth. Like, their front four is bar none, probably the best in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we think. And they're just so good at covering the receivers that, you know, we think that Kansas City is going to have issues with the front four of San Francisco. But, I can actually see San Francisco coming out with a little bit of a different game plan to put a little bit of extra pressure on Mahomes, And, you know, we may see a few, uh, some more blitzing out of San Francisco than we've seen in previous games. And I really feel like this game early on is going to be kind of like both teams feeling each other out and yeah. the scoring will really pick up in the second half after teams make adjustments because I like, I don't see Kansas City just going up and down the field early on against the defense that they've really not seen. Like they haven't played a team with this kind of defense, and vice versa. San Francisco's rushing attack, Kansas City's run defense when Chris Jones is playing is is pretty damn good. And now that yeah. he's been logging full practices, you know they're getting him back. They're they're basically fully healthy. Andy Reid already came out and said that they're going to have no injury designations for the game. Um, Kansas City's defense has been kind of not really talked about, and it's been probably their saving grace in the playoffs so far late in games. And I think that they're going to do a pretty decent job of slowing down San Francisco early on as well. So I see a lower scoring game than what people that what some people are anticipating. Yeah, it's really interesting because like my initial like my my feelings are are similar to yours, where I was assuming. Um, obviously I like the Niners. I think the Niners win this game. I think, um, it will be really close. I think it'll be competitive. Um, but I do, you know, I do wonder even as like the Niners dominated green Bay, right? They, they went up and down the field. They had the all and the game still went over and I I'm trying to figure out how I feel about the point spread or about the over under because like at 54 and a half, like I go, Oh yeah, I think, I think, you know, Kansas City is as weird as it sounds. Is actually going to be more productive, especially early running the ball and getting Damian Williams involved heavily, um, and then you know obviously using play action and letting Mahomes do what he does uh, to kind of open it up as the game rolls along. I think is going to be great because the Niners, as good as their defense has been all year, their their weakness, especially you know when they're in that if they you know resort to any sort of man coverage. Um, is going to be against the run. So if, if Damian Williams is running the ball effectively, um, 
it's going to be big for for kind of what what the Chiefs will want to do, and that'll help neutralize some of the edge pressure. Because like in the last game, you know they let D Ford just run wild. So go get the quarterback. Don't worry about anything else. And mm-hmm. uh, if they try and do that here, you know Mahomes might sneak out the backside and run. They could do some you know kind of hesitation draw screens, uh, different stuff to Damian Williams. Uh, maybe we see a little Darwin Thompson. Who knows? Uh, maybe they run some. Maybe st- maybe Shady McCoy finally plays. Yeah, I mean, who knows? That that's that's <laughs> kind of the thing. So, um, you know, I, honestly, like my my favorite bet is in is is to take the Niners and the uh, and the over and tease them down, and then actually take the Chiefs in the over and tease it down. So you're you know take seven points, and now you're getting down to you know, 47 and you just need that over. Cause I think that over is going to hit, I think they're going to get to about 50 points. Like I'm thinking like, uh, 28, 21, uh, 17 something. So I'm just, I, I don't know. Like part of me, like if I'm, if I'm forced to make a pick on this game, I think that would be my initial lean on kind of just the, the, the game as a whole. Um, but you know, I, I, as we, we head into the, to prop bets and talk about how this game's going to pan out. Um, you know, who, who do you think, who do you expect to be kind of the, the face? The, Cause obviously Raheem Mostert was huge for the Niners a week ago. Uh, Tevin Coleman, it sounds like he's going to give it a go. Um, he was the guy two weeks ago, or I guess whatever the NFC divisional round. So maybe it's a Matt Breida game. Maybe it's a Debo Samuel <laughs> game. Uh, you know, maybe we see some LaShawn McCoy. I think, I think, you know, the Chiefs are smart. Damian Williams is their guy. Um, but, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, you think it's low scoring. Do you think there's a lot of r- running kind of like this, the same vein I'm going with? Yeah, you know, it, it, that's kind of that's kind of the way that I'm leaning, but but a little more like outside the box, which is which is why the my two favorite MVP props and. Let me let me just just warn you. I I never vote or I never pick the guys that are kind of like the favorites to win yeah, these. So unless, the unless yeah, unless they're like ten to one, I'm probably not touching guys like Travis Kelsey, um, Tyreek Hill, uh, even Damian Williams at this point, just because like I. You know, it, most people are going to be are going to be betting them. So I'm looking for guys that are going to be like splash plays. So for me, my two favorite are Miko Hardman and and Debo Samuel, mainly mm. for like the same reasons, which is both of them are utilized in the running game out of the wide receiver spot, which is where they might be able to attack either one of these defenses. And we've seen San Francisco get Debo involved a lot on mm-hmm. these jet sweeps and stuff like that. And it is the Super Bowl, so we could see Debo Samuel run a jet sweep and throw a pass. You know? We could see Debo Samuel line up as a running back and get the handoff, get a get a get a bubble screen, get a um I could see them using him in a variety of ways. I also think, you know, we'll talk touchdown scores and stuff, but I think uh I think Kyle Yuschek's gonna be a guy, you know, that I think could make an impact. He, uh, he, let me just say, if if I don't bet him and he scores a touchdown, everyone will be able to hear my f bomb from it, in the entire country as I as I bet him each of the 49ers two playoff games to score to score and score the first touchdown. So yeah, yeah, I, thought, I will be I betting him again. Was the week? Yep, I'm right there with you. Uh, Debo 33 to one to be in Super Bowl MVP. 
Um, I like the I like the Miko Hardman call too. Uh, let me see if I can find him. He's eighty to one on eighty to one. Um, I could see I like him that, being like Desmond Howard. Well, it's what I was just gonna say is he's involved in special teams too. So yep. all of a sudden he returns a punt for a touchdown, and he gets maybe a jet sweep or a long bomb for a touchdown, and he's got a two touchdown day. And you're you're you know that's very likely. Um, you know, a possibility, I, you know, it seems like it's either really famous, you know, popular, you know, obviously the quarterbacks have tended to dominate, but it's either a big name or it's like some random person out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Matt Breida at a hundred to one, I think could make some sense if you think it's kind of just a rotation. Is there um, any defensive guys you think would be? I think Nick value? Bosa has the ability to, to dominate this game and the, what he's like doing, a strip sack like, for a touchdown. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he could basically do what Von Miller did against Carolina, right? Maybe a strip sack, maybe, uh, you know, a couple, I mean, a forced fumble. Uh, maybe a, maybe he drops into coverage and picks one off and takes it all the way back for a touchdown. Um, you know, there's a lot he could do. And at 25 to 1, I don't hate taking a shot there. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I, obviously the quarterbacks. And, like, you can – you could pick like like so they have some interesting props like they have an MVP to awarded to a player from a losing team at forty to one. I don't know if I love that, but um, it's only happened. You know, once. Patrick, yeah, Patrick Mahomes throws for four hundred and fifty yards and five touchdowns, and uh, you know the Niners kick some game winning field goal. Uh, maybe they they look to give him the award. I don't know. You could do MVP award to be a quarterback, so you get Mahomes and Garoppolo. And that's at minus two thirty. I mean, Oof. you have to lay a little bit to get it, but I, I don't hate that. Um, you can go by position. Uh, tight end is nine to one, so that gives you Kelsey and Kittle, which that's a great value. Which yeah, I mean, you get both those guys for two teams that have dominant tight ends that can do so much, um, especially if the running game works really well for the Niners, right? And and Kittle's get maybe he has a you know, 80 yards, two touchdowns, but the running game is also running really well and he's blocking and doing all kinds of stuff and being so impactful for this team. I could totally see him getting the award. So, um, you know, if you wanted to kind of go that route at nine to one, but, um, you know, you could get, you can get Kelsey at 20 to one and Kittle at 16 to one. So I don't know if it's better to kind of divide and conquer or, um, just go all in on the tight end position. Um, you know, you could go running back, fullback, which is five to one. So that gives you Damian Williams. That gives you whichever Niners running back. Uh, you can go any defender at five, five and a half to one. So that gets you maybe your big Richard Sherman game, maybe Nick Bosa. Um, you know, it, it, man, let's don't forget about the forgotten position here. The kicker at sixty six <laughs> to one. I mean, what, what happens if Harrison Butker has has, has, a, kicker, has a kicker ever won? <laughs> uh, like, if there was ever going to happen, it would have been Vinatieri with one of those Patriots teams, and Brady ended up getting those. So I, I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time backing that one. Well, what if, what if Harrison Butker? Or it would probably be more likely Robbie Gold kicks five field goals and two fifty plus yarders and San Francisco wins like what is that? Say twenty six to mm-hmm. twenty four or something. Yeah. And Jimmy Garoppolo put up another pedestrian day. No none of the running backs had over a hundred yards. Uh the only Yeah, I mean I think 
I think at that point, maybe the defense gets it, like whoever's making big plays on defense, because I assume if they're kicking that many field goals and there's there's probably a turnover or two and you get like a Larry Brown type Super Bowl MVP or uh, Von Miller or something. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I like to roll the dice. I mean, you bet five bucks on that, you're taking home, you know, you're taking home 300. So, yeah, but you're also it's only five dollars on anything. Because the kicker, I'll put that towards the, towards your tight end or something. I guess. Uh, all right, so I'm look. I'm look, I flipped over to player props for touchdowns, um, and I just wanted to kind of look at some of our like Damian Williams minus one thirty nine. I don't love that. Um, I don't know how many of these you can parlay. So I know every book has a little bit, um, a different um, kind of bet online. You can parlay. Yeah. I think up to ten props. See, and that's, that's how awesome. I hit on a sixer. Like, I don't, I don't love like I'm not Damian Williams. I think he's probably going to score, but at minus one thirty nine, I don't love it. Raheem Mostert minus one fifty five. Like, why? Why would I take those when I could parlay them? And I don't know. Um, is there any longer? Sh- so, like, we're I was talking tight end. I was talking, you know, Kyle Uzcheck. Kyle Uzcheck at eight to one, eight to one to score t- anytime touchdown. Uh, forty-five to one to score the first touchdown. Like I could totally see the Niners getting on like the two-yard line. Everybody thinks they're gonna run like this, like draw or whatever, and they like do some play action. And Kyle Uzcheck's just standing in the flats, wide open, walks into the end zone at forty-five to one for the first touchdown. Uh, I think that's a uh, love it. A, a very interesting bet that yeah. that I would uh, even Patrick Mahomes take. at twenty to um, one to be the first touchdown scorer. Like we've seen his legs take, mm-hmm. take center stage here in the playoffs. Like you could see that them running a naked yeah. boot down by the goal line with San Francisco pound mm. in the middle. So, yeah. I mean, Jeff Wilson at six to one for an anytime touchdown. If, if Tevin Coleman's really banged yeah. up and they use Jeff Wilson kind of in that role as they have throughout the season, I think that that's interesting. Uh, you know, Shady McCoy six to one and forty to one for first touchdown. If this is a McCoy game, they just like throw threw everyone off the scent. Um, I don't think that's crazy. Uh, let's see here. Even Anthony Sherman at a hundred mm-hmm. to one. Just go all in. Let's just go go all in on full, on fullbacks. Yeah, why not? Think about McCole it. Hardman's 22, 22 to one play action out the gate bomb. McCole Hardman touchdown. All of a sudden, it's seven nothing Kansas City. I could totally envision that. <laughs> I mean, these are this is my favorite day to make bets. I'll I, just to mm. kind of divulge. I will probably have um, this year. I'll probably have over two hundred individual prop bets wagered. Jesus, yeah. Jesus. They are for they are for very minute amounts, but it's just to keep the game interesting. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, Demarcus Robinson at four and a oh, half. I love one. him. Just, yeah, I like that. Um, he's he's a guy that um, you know maybe not score. Uh, you know maybe not like involved in a lot of plays, but he's involved in the red zone. Same with Kendrick Bourne. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, looking at three or more touchdowns. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, nobody's going to score that. And then Raheem Mostert scores four. Raheem Mostert's 10 to one for three. That's crazy. <laughs> Tevin Coleman's 85 to one. Like I would much rather take that shot 
that he scores that someone scores three touchdowns Jesus. or Matt Breed, 150 to one. Like all of a sudden he's, he gets the rock cause Tevin Coleman's hurt or, or even better Jeff Wilson, who has had big games, 250 to one. Let's go. Well, and then like that, that kind of goes back to my thought of Miko Hardman. He's 25 to one to score two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. nice. They, uh, they included some, both players to score props. So you can go with that because you can't really parlay. Um, it, this is a good way to go. So you could look at, let's see what we got here. Let me scroll down. Like you could go Travis Kelsey and Demarcus Robinson, thirteen uh, plus thirteen fifty. So like almost Ooh. fourteen to one. I like that. That's a good one. You got where else? Oh man, look at that Tyreek Hill and Raheem Mostert. Under two to one odds for that. I don't like those. I like those are the wagers that I can't make. Yeah. How about Patrick Mahomes and Kyle Uzcheck, forty-five to one. <laughs> I like that. Oh. Kyle Uzcheck oh, on like, the little screen. Oh, uh, here you go. Any... Here, here, here's a good one. I don't know what the health. Well, I guess it, Andy Reid says everybody's healthy. Sammy Watkins and Patrick Mahomes, twenty-three to one for both of them to have. See, I don't think Sammy Watkins is going to do anything. I think Richard Sherman's going to be on him, and I think Tyree Kill is going to be moving around. I think Sammy Watkins is just going to be a ghost because that's what he does. He has one big game, then goes away for like 13 weeks. He like hibernates. <laughs> that, uh, you could go Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida at 12 and a half to one. I like that. Debo Samuel and Kendrick Bourne, like almost 12 to one. Their, their, their juice on some of these is interesting, but George Kittle and Tevin Coleman, seven uh, point, plus 715. I don't know. I, I think there's. I think there's a, some interesting combos in there if you want to get a little reckless. That is just crazy. Uh, here's my question. Next question for you. In your scenario, where you know, I, do you think either quarterback throws for 300 yards? Uh, I think it's definitely more likely that it's Patrick Mahomes, and I do kind of think that if Kansas City is going to win, we're probably going to see Mahomes eclipse 300. Because I feel like if, if San Francisco is able to hold him down, I really feel like the, San Francisco's offense is competent enough to keep up with what would more than likely be a lower-scoring mm-hmm. Chiefs team. So I I like yeah. Mahomes to go over three, not, not Garoppolo. Well, it's interesting because Jimmy G's total is obviously 240, so it's much lower. But I, so I'm, look, I'm digging deeper, and they have some interesting Mahomes versus Garoppolo props. Like you can get Garoppolo at almost two to one to have more completed passes, which I, I think is like very that. realistic. Um, especially if you want to work under a scenario, say that you think the Chiefs are going to win. the The Chiefs are one of those offenses that don't, you know, they're high impact. They're going to score fast. They're going to, you know, move up and down the field. They're not, you're, they're not going to be as methodical. Where the Niners, especially if if you're working under a scenario where they have to throw to come back, or if they have the lead, there's more checkdowns, yep. more, you know. So Jimmy Garoppolo, plus, and then you could also get Garoppolo at, at plus 100, so basically even money, to have a higher, higher completion percentage. Which, if Mahomes is, you know, 6 for 15 but 350 yards, and Jimmy G is 9 for 10 and, like, 80 yards, like, you could totally see Garoppolo having a better percentage. Garoppolo is plus two fifty five to have more passing yards. All right, you know, I think that's yeah, I, I interesting be enough to, to 
parlaying that with with like a 49ers win if you're able to do that. Or actually, I take that back with a 49ers loss because I think if San Francisco's having to throw that much, that means they're playing from behind. Yep. Uh, let's see. Man, they really go all out. Total yards of first completion, interception, passer attempts. Let's go player. Let's look at running back player props. So Damian Williams is over under is 50 and a half. I like the over, but it's already down to minus 125. So that means everybody else is kind of working under that assumption, which is, I think, interesting. Oh, man. I don't know. What about Jimmy Garoppolo over four and a half rushing yards? You have to take... You have to take sacks into account, but like one little, you know, bootleg and all of a sudden he's got seven yards and well, no, I don't, um, as long as he's not. I don't think sacks uh, count for rushing yards for individual player player yards. Uh, I think so. I'm almost positive they do. I think they, I thought they counted I, passing Because I remember, no, because like, because um, like I remember there was a DFS game where one of the quarterbacks took a knee and he lost uh, like one rushing yard. And the the guy lot went from winning the Millie Maker to like third place. Huh. Um, and I totally could see Jimmy Garoppolo with like five rushing yards or six rushing yards, and he takes two <laughs> knees at the end of the game, and then all of a sudden he's oh, at four, man. and people are just kicking themselves. Yeah, that, um, that that would be horrible. Longest rush: Damian Williams over thirteen and a half yards. Raheem Mostert. Over 18 and a half yards. I like that one for Mostert just because he's a guy that uses his speed, gets to the outside, and like when he breaks one, he breaks one and he takes off for 30 yards, 40 yards. Um, Damian Williams, I feel like that's good value. Like, I know he's not really a big play rusher, but um, I think in this offense. They do utilize him in the passing game, too, though. Yeah, this is just rushing. Uh, Uh, Most yards from scrimmage. There you go. who do you think, you know, who who would be your guess? Like, probably a, well, I don't know. Because, like, I would say probably a running back. But then, like, uh, just because, like, you know, they could get both running and passing. Like, Dean Williams, a plus 450, I like that. Like, I'd almost rather take that than him just get over 50 yards. Uh, but, like, Debo could be interesting. You know, we t- if we work under the narrative that he's involved in the running game and in the passing game uh, at 14 to 1, I, I do like that. Yeah, I think I think my favorite guys on that list are are probably Damian Williams, just because Kansas City is going to have to utilize the short passing game a lot with how much pressure San Francisco is likely going to put on them, and that's going to mean probably a few more touches for Damian Williams out of the backfield, and they're going to be leaning on him as their main ball carrier. And then, like you just said, with Debo being utilized out of the out of the backfield as a runner and in the jet sweep game and short passing his run after catch ability, we could see him break a big one. And that like it immediately propels him into like the lead for the game in total yardage. Yeah. You can do, so you can do 300 yards and a win. That's four to one for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you can do, let's see if that's working. Okay. 300 yards and two touchdowns. That's four to one. For Jimmy Garoppolo, they don't have Mahomes numbers, which I think is interesting. Um, I do notice that like sometimes this stuff kind of takes a little while. So 100 rushing yards plus a win for Mostert is three to one. Damian Williams five to one. 100 rushing yards and a TD. Mostert's plus 240. Uh, Damian's plus 475. Oh, so okay. I just I, I'm looking at wide receiver player props and receiving yards right now. Sure. 
Miko Hardman's over under for receiving yards is 22 and a half. Yeah, so yeah, that's that feels like an all or nothing prop for me. Like, like either I, he gets one big one big play that that kills that, or doesn't do it at all. Yeah, because I mean we're likely to see him get about you know what three four targets maybe five mm-hmm. max, and they're all yeah. probably going to be either at the line of scrimmage or deep shots. Yeah. <sighs> Any other really, I do props like that one. jump out. Um, as far as the player ones, I like, uh, I mean, I really don't want to take it, but <laughs> I, I, I like Tyree kill with the most receiving yards. I mean, I know that's only it's barely, barely over two and a half to one, but you know, he, he is that big chunk guy that he's probably going to average 20 to 25 yards a catch for Kansas City to be yeah. successful, and we could easily see him go have a huge, a, one of the, like a monster Super Bowl. So, I like him. Uh, let's see here. My favorite props are always like the little, the stupid ones. Like, is it heads or tails? I always go tails. That's my favorite bet. Tails never tails fails. Tails never fails. I always bet yes. That there's going to be a two-point conversion successful. And this year, it's just under two and a half to one. So there's a... It was, will there be a throw after a lateral? So like any Fleet Flicker plays, oh, plus 250? Gotta go don't yes. hate that. Gotta go yes. Um, oh, there's another one. Gotta get... There's a fat man touchdown, thirty-three to one. Oh yeah! If they throw to a linebacker, if that, I wonder. I got. I wonder <laughs> any offensive lineman to score a touchdown, thirty-three to one. Any offense or defensive lineman to score a six to one. I like That's that. That's awesome. I like that. And then there's uh, another one. Uh, total pay. Total players to attempt a pass over under two and a half. That one I always wager over. Uh, another one I really like right here because I, I do like it, or I do like wagering that there's going to be more than the quarterbacks to throw passes in this. Total players to throw a touchdown pass, including overtime, is 12 to 1. With the amount of trick plays that we've seen over the years and since well, the, what's the What's the number, though? Three? Two and a half? Two and a half. Two and a half? I like that. Because uh, that, that means Debo has to throw or... Juice check has to throw or Manuel Sanders, like yeah, I love it. Yeah, Manuel Sanders, yeah, that's a good one. But so they 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 have to score a touchdown though, right? So they have to throw a touchdown pass. Yeah, it has to be like Philly special or something. Yep. Yeah. I could totally see Kansas City getting Travis Kelsey a chance to throw a touchdown pass, and imagine just imagine that scenario if you wager this and you also bet on the big guy touchdown. Or imagine a scenario where you take whatever player you like to throw it and that guy to win a Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, so let's let's make our official picks for the game. And because I'm looking at alternative spreads, and I think you could have some fun here. Like I like the Niners minus nine at three to, three to one, and I like the Chiefs minus nine at two plus two thirty five. Like I feel like there's there's a, a a world where this game is pretty close, and then maybe it's a field goal game, and then one of the teams scores and wins by double digits. Um, 
or like the Niners just dominate on the ground and win like they did against the Packers, or the Niners are unable to stop the defense, stop the passing game. Mahomes just lights them up and they win by more than they win by double digits. Yeah, and then we could just see like getting up. almost three to one or at three to one. I, I think that I mean that could be fun. I think I'd be willing to kind of please this game up to just under a touchdown for Kansas City, like minus six and a half. I would. I would go with, and I would probably parlay that with the the under the the set line of fifty four and a half. So take the the Chiefs minus six and a half and the and the over of like sixty. No, I I would take the under. So I'm sticking I'm sticking oh, okay. by my guns with this is going to be really low scoring in the first half, and then whoever kind of oh so that would be because you take fifty four and a half, and then you'd. You subtract six from it, right? Well, so I'm teasing. I'm basically pleasing the the line, and then I'm keeping the over under right. at where it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were. Doing oh no! If though. if I did that, if I pleased it, I would probably. I, I would have down to, to like. Uh, I would have to take the over. Yeah, I would take the over at forty eight and a half. I think it's going to fall somewhere right in that 50 range, kind of like you were saying, like 51. That's what I'm saying. If you 50. take each take each team with the T's and and take the um and take the over, I feel like that's I feel like you're going to get close to 50 points and you know, you could I think there's a scenario where you could do the do the under and the over with both teams and you could like middle the crap out of this game and just hit all four of them. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, because you just because basically you'd have the Niners if you do say seven, you'd have Niners plus eight and a half, and the over of six, uh, over uh, or under, yeah, under sixty one, sixty one, yeah, yeah, and then over fifty or under over forty eight, and then you're uh, obviously we're really good at math here on the angle. <laughs> Uh, and then you do it the other way. And I think, I think there's a world where it's like a three point game and you know, what, uh, 28, 20, yeah, 28, 20. Um, I guess that's not really a three point game. 27, 24. Like you said, we're great at math here. Great at math here. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so, all right, Brian, official picks. I'm going Chiefs. You're going Chiefs. Minus the one and a half, or are you just taking them on the money line? Um, uh, I mean, to me, that's basically the same. I'll I'll lay the one and a half. Yeah, so minus 110 versus minus 122. Uh, I'm taking Niners on the money line. Um, what about the over-under? 54 and a half. You going over or you going under? I, I'm sticking by it. I like the under. The under, yeah. Man, like I want to say under, but I'm going to go over. I think – I think the Niners I think the Niners win and I think they're they're up and I think Mahomes and company make a come back and make it a great fourth quarter and it it goes it's you know just barely over 55 you know but it it comes down to the wire and it's just they have too much of an uphill climb and the Niners win like 31 to 31 23 that's what my final score is going to be Oh, since we're doing that, here we go. Okay, so uh, I guess that uh, well, that doesn't get me over. That only puts me at fifty-four. That's real dumb. Uh, so I'll go. I'll go thirty-one twenty-six because I'll say that they we're gonna go for two 
to get the to make it a three point game, and then they didn't get it, and then they tried the onside kick, and they didn't get it, and the Niners take two knees, and Jimmy Garoppolo has four rushing yards instead of six. <laughs> Damn, and that totally kills my guess on the successful two point conversion. Thanks a lot. Um, no problem. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, no, I I think this is gonna be. I like Kansas City twenty seven, San Francisco twenty. Man, I'm going to go out with a weird score. San Francisco 22. Okay, I like it because I think two-point conversions are in play. I think not failed two-point conversions are in play. I think uh, a safety, I think things could get weird, so I I don't hate that. Uh, Where are you watching Super Bowl, and what's your number one Super Bowl food? Like, What's the one thing you have to have if you're going to a Super Bowl party? Uh, so I will be watching the game at my house, which I'm, I am already the get off my lawn old guy that likes to have his own bathroom. So I have a yeah, hard, I have I a hard it. time. I have a hard time leaving my TV because most of my sure. friends don't have a TV as good as mine, which is, <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to be narcissistic or anything, but I like but to watch my it TV is really good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is, so is, is everyone coming over to your house or are you watching the game solo? Well, we, We've invited a few people. We just don't know like who's going to say yes. So, I mean, yeah. in all likelihood, there will be people here. But my favorite food for Super Bowl Sunday has got to be just homemade guacamole and salsa. That's just the go-to. Mm. Like, There's not much eating. Yeah. It's just a lot of snacking. Yeah, it's, very, it's a very snack-filled day for sure. Uh, I'll be going to my cousin's house. Uh, my... Pretty much my entire family are Niners fans, so um, it will be it will be a lot. Uh, but I'm very excited to see how this goes. Um, and in, in terms of, of like you mentioned, in terms of um, food, I think chicken wings, uh, guac will definitely be there. Um, yeah, it, it will a lot lot of eating, a lot of stress eating, and then hopefully. Um, for for my family's sake, the the Niners are are hoisting the trophy uh, on the end of the, the end of the day Sunday. Yes, that's. Uh, I guess for them it'll be nice if San Francisco wins, but as a Cowboys fan, also I I really don't want to see another team. Yeah. Get get that sixth championship. Mm. So. They're coming let's for go it. Chiefs. We'll see. Uh, all right, Brian. This was a lot of fun. Obviously. Uh, now that once the season comes to an end, we'll, we're going to turn the page. So, uh, over the next few weeks, we'll be talking kind of our initial top 12 at every position and, and doing a top 24 overall. So look forward to that. Uh, well, like I said, we'll talk some college basketball. We'll talk some masters. We'll talk some, all kinds of different things. So for Brian Twining, I'm Kyle Robert, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. Yeah.